Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. The LA Rams will win the Super Bowl. Nothing like a good Super Bowl party with some wings and some chips and some good music and some good Kool-Aid. They couldn't match up with Ernest Givens, Haywood Jeffers, Drew Hill, and Curtis Duncan. They couldn't match up with us. There will be no Houston Texans, period. It will still be the Houston Oilers. We should have won at least four Super Bowls. At least. He's the Johnny Gill of KTSU Sports Talk. I'm expecting it's going to be hot. I think it's going to be good. You're looking at a different beast in the front of the Rams. So I'm going to go 21-23 Rams. The key to the Rams is Odell Beckham. Tell me, Chitty Bill can fix Cincinnati. James Harden. James Harden. James Harden. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, and once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh, mama, there goes that man. You Ladies and gentlemen, star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you have joined us for this episode. If this is your first time, welcome aboard. Please don't make this your last time. There are ways to be interactive, and we encourage you to do so. And I'll tell you that in just a minute. also want to thank the folks who've been here the entire time. I have to thank all of you because the show has grown exponentially. It's been exciting. It's been exciting to see the growth and the interest and just week after week, episode after episode, there are more people who are listening and coming aboard, and we certainly appreciate that. Thank you so much for that. Please subscribe, like, comment on any platform that you listen, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartMedia, TuneIn, SoundCloud, whatever form you listen to the show, please uh, make a comment so we can get that kind of feedback and others can see what you think. In addition to that, continue to tell your friends and your partners about the podcast so we can make this community an even bigger community and you can make us a part of your podcast menu. So ways to be interactive. If you want to be interactive and we encourage that because it's all about us. It's a collective here. Uh, you can go to normally the wadeswordproductions.com website. This website's down. And again, you got to go back and listen to past episodes. I'll be working on that. I think this week, I think this week we'll be back up. Uh, we'll get through some technicalities. It's it's a long story. Nonetheless, wadeswordproductions.com, where past episodes are there, and you can learn about me and us and what we've done, the special teams unit, the group of folks I've assembled that come to you pretty frequently with their opinions and their uh, expertise on different areas in the world of sports. So you can go there. In addition to that, the sports line. You can call the sports line 24 hours a day, 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. Leave a message. If you have a question, if you have a comment, if you have a suggestion, if, if you have a guest for us, if any of those things just be sure to hit us up, 832-941-6614. In addition to that, on Facebook, Sports Talk with Devin Wade group and the fan page. The group is where a lot of folks post stuff. I post poll questions for the We the People segment. So there's a lot of uh, give and take on that page, and we want you to be a part of that. Get in and brag on your favorite team. Post your victories and your highlights uh, from your sports family. All of that good stuff. So we want you to do that. And finally, on Twitter, at Wade's Word. So all of that's going on. So with that, great show this time out. Biscuit will be back in the building. We'll hear from my brother Biscuit for the Juan Flores Entertainment Moment segment. Whatever, we'll tell you more about that when that comes up. From the special teams unit, our guy, former NFL wide receiver, an all-around great guy, Reggie Brown. He'll be here to give us his thoughts on the Super Bowl and more. And then we're going to talk a little bit of politics. I'm going back to the hood of things. I'm going back to my neighborhood to interview a lady who you need to hear from, Dr. Carla Wyatt, who's running for Harris County Treasurer. She only grew up six or seven houses down from me. So I know her. 
So, you know, from time to time, we venture off of the beaten path of sports, and this is one of those occasions. So that's coming up. Also, we have our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. We will have a Lamont Award for the big dummy of the episode and more. So with that, let's get started with some headlines. In headlines, well... The Super Bowl is done, and football is essentially done for a while, at least on the field. And uh, it was a, a good Super Bowl. I was right. I called my shot. I wasn't completely right. I thought the Rams would have blown out the Bengals. And the Bengals surprised me, especially on the defensive side. But a lot of that, I think, had to do with Odell Beckham getting hurt. And that was a, a hard ending for what would have been a fairy tale ending for him on this season after leaving Cleveland and joining the Rams. Uh, I tell you what, the Bengals' run defense is what surprised me, and I thought that Cam Akers and Sony Michelle, those guys, would get going more than they did, and they just didn't. And that's uh, a credit to the defensive front of the Cincinnati Bengals. Also, I thought Joe Mixon did work for them. I thought he played well. I thought they got away from him. And then the Rams made some adjustments by overloading and creating some situations where Donald had single coverage, and he did what he does. And ultimately, man, a lot of folks thought he should have been the MVP. I'm good with Cooper Cup being the MVP because you were down two receivers and two tight ends. Your two number two receivers weren't available. Robert Woods, who was hurt earlier in the year, out for the year, and then Odell goes down. Then Tyler Higby goes down in the NFC Championship game, and then Blanton, the tight end, goes down in the Super Bowl. So now you're looking at a situation where Van Jefferson didn't give you much, and you're just stuck there with Cooper Cup knowing that everybody has to focus on him to stop him, and they still couldn't do it. There were a couple of missed calls or blown calls or unnecessary calls that created some controversy. But in the end, I think that kind of balanced out. And the game went about, you know, how a lot of folks thought. Although the Bengals had a lot of folks believing in them, I think it'll be hard if you have to pick a team to get back. I think the Rams, if you get Von Miller back and you get Robert Woods healthy, they are talking about bringing Odell back. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe if you can get him on a cheap, he won't be available till probably uh, late October, November, or, or maybe November, December uh, after tearing up his knee. But, uh, yeah, they can add some pieces, a few pieces in free agency, some guys that may want to help make a run at the Super Bowl. Uh, I think the Bengals will have a tough time, although they have a lot of cap room. They have a lot of opportunity to bolster that offensive line, which was one of the worst in the NFL, and really get Joe Burrow some protection. So we'll have to keep an eye out for all of the things that happen in the offseason. And there are a lot of things that I think are things that we can watch out for. What's going to happen at quarterback in all of these cities, in Tampa Bay, in New Orleans, in San Francisco? I mean, I would assume that Trey Lance is the guy moving forward. Where does Garoppolo go? Where does Deshaun Watson end up? Will he play? How many games will he play? Who's going to replace Big Ben in Pittsburgh? So there are a lot of questions all over the league. Now Kyler Murray is upset about some stuff. So what's, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And we'll have to figure all of that out. But I will tell you this. It was a lot of fun watching the Super Bowl. And I, they never need to have Super Bowl and Valentine's Day on the same weekend, which Valentine's Day was Monday. But going to the store for my, my pregame stuff, you didn't know whether to buy some some chocolate-covered strawberries and beer or some flowers and some, uh, you know, nacho cheese. <laughs> I mean, it was packed. The, the guy in the line, which I waited a long time to get a few things for my little individual Super Bowl celebration, and the guy was like, man, this is like Thanksgiving. This is a, uh, a grocery store employee. He was like, man, these are holiday lines, and they were. And so don't ever do that again, NFL. You got to get some spacing in there somehow. But the last remaining game is the HBCU Legacy Bowl put on by Shaq Harris, the legendary Shaq Harris, who had an opportunity, I had an opportunity to talk to and have on KTSU Sports Talk back in the day. And also Doug Williams, the legendary Grambling State quarterback. Both of those are Grambling State quarterbacks, played under Eddie Robinson. And, of course, Doug went on to win the Super Bowl, which was really a proud moment 
for so many people, man. It was just so exciting to see him win a Super Bowl. And a lot of people don't remember just the, the fact that black quarterbacks got no respect. People didn't think they could lead or win a Super Bowl. And Doug, the way, not to just win it, but to put up like 35 points in the second quarter, it was, it was a – I don't care who you were rooting for. A lot of folks were rooting for Doug Williams that day, and he stepped up big – and really made history. So those two guys got together and put it put on a HBCU All Star Game, which features all the players from who are seniors from historically black colleges and universities. And of course, Texas Southern has four of those guys playing, including Nate Hines, Keelan Davis, Michael Badajo, and Tim Walton. Those are your four from Texas Southern. But Prairie View has some players playing in it as well. A lot of folks from around the SWAC are playing. And I think that's a wonderful opportunity. I don't know when you'll hear this, but if you come into contact with that game, please take some time out to watch it, tweet about it, make comments, because these sorts of things are important when it comes to getting exposure for those players. So that's going on. Also, the Olympics are going on, kind of. If the Olympics happen and nobody watches, do they really happen? Well, they are. Because there's a lot of controversy around uh, these Olympics. I, I really don't think America should have gone. Or, or, I don't know. That's a strong statement. But I just think having the games in China and understanding how China moves uh, and the fact that they don't have a lot of snow. <laughs> it's not cold in many of the regions that they're playing uh, or having some of the events. And so, who knows, man? I just think that that was a bad look. Add to that the controversy surrounding the 15-year-old Camilla Valieva from Russia. I mean, this has just been horrible. Because, and just the backstory on that. The backstory on that is she's 15 years old. She tested positive. From my understanding, the Russians delayed the handing over the sample to the testing, the testers, the I guess the the Olympic testing committee or whomever they had to turn the urine into. They were late getting it there. She tested positive for heart medication that is on the list of banned substances, and the thing is, it helped with endurance. And so because she tested positive, she was supposed to be kicked out. One thing led to another. Politics got involved, the pills, the process, and they decided that they were going to let her skate. And she was first after the short program, which just everybody was kind of appalled. I think a lot of people root for the young lady because she's one of the best ever to do it. But the circumstances made everybody root against her participation. And so she shouldn't have been participating. Russia should not be there. They shouldn't even be there. They cheat, and they had systemic cheating. And one of the guys in the lab that created the the doping and the, the, the formulas for when and how they doped, how to beat it, all of those things, all of that stuff was revealed. And instead of just banning all Russian athletes, they said, well, we'll ban the Russian flag. You can compete as a Russian Olympic committee members, which what in the hell does that mean? I mean, either you're in or you're out. And if you are in, you should represent your country. And if your country is cheaters, off there, a bunch of cheaters, then you shouldn't even be there. So they should not have even been in the Olympics. And this is where it's getting to the point where I think is maybe it has it served its purposes. It's not bringing people together, especially with these last couple of COVID Olympics. It's not uniting the world in any way. It's designed to do that, to bring unity, and we'll take a time out from diploma for from you know so animosity around the world and come together as our athletes compete and bring us together as a world community. Ain't working because <laughs> in case you don't know, the Russians are getting ready to invade the Ukraine. At least it looks that way. So yeah, I just I don't know, man. This was just a bad look, and then some of the venues are just crazy. You can actually see nuclear reactors just beyond the fields of competition. There's a ski jump or one of the moguls or one of the ski venues is really just adjacent to a nuclear reactor. Then you see the Olympic rings in Beijing painted on one of these stacks at this reactor. It's unreal. It's unbelievable. It's, it's ugly. It's horrible. We shouldn't be there. 
were there, and um, there are a couple of uh, highlights among Olympians, but not a whole lot. Viewership is way, way down. Nobody seems to care. And this was just a bad, bad look. We should never go back to China and have it. Never. Have it somewhere in Europe or have it here. But never, never again. Never in China. No, shouldn't do that. So that's going on. NBA All-Star break. And, yeah, we'll turn our attention more to the NBA as we move forward. We'll get into some of those things. Give me your take on any of that. 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. With that, here are the thoughts of our very own Reggie Brown from the Special Teams Unit on the Super Bowl and more. From the special teams unit, our guy Reggie Brown. Well, the Super Bowl is in the books. Another NFL season is in the books. It's sort of a, a depressing time, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you know, the games are over, but the games within the games begin as a lot of free agents and player personnel moves will be taking place. Let's uh, put a bow on the Super Bowl. What were your thoughts on the Super Bowl Sunday? Well, I think that after having such great playoff games for the first uh, 20, 30, 45 minutes of the game. It was pretty anticlimactic. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot going on. I think the last 10 to 12 minutes really solidified this as being a great football season and really put a nice bow on the season. Let's talk a little bit about the game itself. Uh, a couple things surprised me, but what, what stood out to you? What surprised you or what did you see that you anticipated happening? Well, I think the injuries, first and foremost, pretty much put a damper on the game. You know, losing Odell early in the game, I think he was off to having maybe a record-breaking Super Bowl. So that really put a damper on the game. I thought that the Rams' defense would dominate, and they certainly did late. But I, as you remember, I had picked Cincinnati because right. I thought the offense would do a lot more, which was surprising to me. But also surprising was um, Jalen Ramsey gave up the most yards in the Super Bowl that he had given up all year, which I thought would happen. So there were a lot of ups and downs in the game. You know, all of those things happened. But ultimately, I think it proved to be a pretty good Super Bowl. I wouldn't rank it in the top 10 or 15 Super Bowls. But it was a good enough game where you say it was a success. And then this football season was certainly a success. Well, you know, what do you think of the Jalen Ramsey touchdown on uh, what the pass over him where the guy clearly grabbed his face mask and took him out of that play. Uh, how strongly is a, a former NFL wide receiver? How strongly do you feel about offensive pass interference in that situation and how he kind of got screwed in that situation? Well, I think that the NFL has kind of been looking at the pass interferences as a whole in terms of challenge flags and all of that. And I think that missing that in the Super Bowl is going to cause the NFL to look at it again. It was clearly pass interference and clearly should have been called a penalty, um, but it wasn't. And, you know, from a player standpoint, you look at it and you say the ref's going to miss calls. Uh, my old coach used to say you got to beat everybody on the field. And on that play, Cincinnati beat everybody on the field. Yeah, and I don't think he had a great game other than that as well. I mean, late in the game, he was jumping around and it just yeah, he it wasn't his night. I think out of all of the guys that gained something from it, he gained the least. I mean, obviously he got his ring, but even Odell going down valiantly with that injury and everybody saying, "Man, if he would have stayed healthy that game, it was going to be his night." You know, and it felt like that. He'd already had a, a touchdown. Felt like his night. Thing that stood out to me, I thought the most surprising thing in the entire Super Bowl for me was the Bengals' run defense. I mean, the Rams couldn't run yeah. at all. And I anticipated either Sony Michelle, Cam Akers, Henderson. I thought somebody would really get going on the ground for the Rams, and they became a one-dimensional team pretty much throughout the entire game. What were your thoughts about that Bengals' defense? Well, I thought that it was great coaching. They made a decision that Matthew Stafford was going to have to beat them and that the running game was not going to do it, and they executed the game plan well. Unfortunately, towards the end, they said that Matthew Stafford beat us, and that's exactly what he did in the last two or three minutes of the game. 
So a lot of a lot has been made of the MVP. It should have been Aaron Donald. Cooper Cup obviously got it, but a lot of people think Aaron Donald should have got it. Where do you fall on that? Man, I, I I haven't seen a defensive tackle nose guard take over a game like he did in those last seven, eight minutes of the game. I mean, he was just absolutely dominant. If you do look at it, though, Cooper Cup did well the whole game. I would have chosen Donald, but I didn't have a problem with Cooper Cup because he was so consistent throughout the whole game. See, I would have gone with Cooper Cup because look at this situation. You you lose your two tight ends. Higby never did suit up. He was out of the game. And then Blanton, the guy who started, the backup tight end, he got hurt. So you're down to your first two tight ends. Then you're down two number two receivers. Robert Woods, of course, out for the year. You bring in Odell Beckham, and now he's gone. And so Van Jefferson didn't give him anything. He couldn't get separation. He couldn't make plays. And the only guy that could beat them in that secondary was Cooper Cup. And they knew he was going to get it. They double-covered him, and he just got it done, man. And I thought even the the run play on the fourth and one, which he looked like he was dead to rights, they almost had him. Uh, I mean, even he got he got it done on the ground. So I didn't have as big a problem with that. I know that strategically the Rams defense did some things to make life a lot easier to make sure Aaron Donald got some one-on-ones and wasn't as much attention on him. But, yeah. So what about halftime? What do you think about half, the halftime show? Hey, man, I'm from the era of N.W.A. and Mary J., so for me, it was all of that. I mean, the people that I watched the uh, Super Bowl with, everybody was in the house standing up, jamming. So it was all good for me. One of the top four, I would say, in my book of Super Bowl. I thought that it was good because of the the type of acts that they had performing. You know, hey, we're going to you know bring out some entertainment we've never brought out before. And I thought that that was cool. And, and I mentioned this, and I'm very serious about this. If you didn't have MC Ren, then you shouldn't have had a West Coast halftime show. <laughs> I mean, obviously the DOC, he can't, he can't perform like he used to because of his vocal cords. But you, you got King T out there. You got MC Ren. Where was DJ Yella? You know what I mean? MC Ren was my favorite in NWA. I got to tell you that. Well, Cube to me should have been the headliner. If you, you know, him and Dre, one, two, two, one, I don't know, but. Cube got to have a major part of it if you're gonna go West Coast. <laughs> yeah, man. See, wait, I I went way uh, on my Facebook Live. I went Facebook Live, and I'm like, I went way back. If we're gonna do West Coast, let's go. Let's bring back BNGB and Oaktown three five seven. Oh yeah, you went way, way yeah. DJ quick. LA Dream Team, Bobby oh, Jimmy. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's, I oh. Overall, it was an excellent production i thought that they did a great job highlighting those uh entertainers and i think all of them showed up yeah and so just uh and again that was great but the, in sort of wrapping up the season now you get into this off season and we already have a number of huge storylines including of course brady retiring aaron Rodgers may want out we don't know what's going to happen with Carson Wentz. We don't have to know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. What are some of the storylines you'll be paying close attention to this offseason? Well, uh, clearly Brady retiring, in my mind, is one of the few people that could be considered the best without conversation. You know, there's an argument for Michael Jordan or LeBron. You know, there's an argument in baseball I don't think there's an argument when you come to Tom Brady in the NFL. And so losing the greatest of all time is certainly a hit on the NFL. And we're certainly thankful that we got to watch, got to watch him play. But there are a lot of storylines. I'm really interested to see what happens with Deshaun Watson. Where does he go? And more importantly, what do the Texans actually get for him? Because that's going to be huge. I don't think they're going to get three first-round draft picks, which is what they've been asking over and over. But to me, if I had a storyline, that's what I, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing. Yeah, I think the change at the quarterback position in, in so many of these cities is going to be huge. 
Uh, you know that Garoppolo will probably be gone. You have to find a replacement for Ben Roethlisberger. Carson Wentz, they say he's he he probably won't return to the Indianapolis Colts. You don't have a deep draft as it pertains to quarterbacks. So they're going to be a lot of moving parts, including what are they going to do in New Orleans for a starting quarterback? What are they going to yeah. do in Seattle? Is is uh, Russell Wilson going to stay there? Now Kyler Murray has removed all the Arizona references off of his social media. So what does that mean? So I think this will be a monumental offseason when it comes to the quarterback position and all the potential moves that'll take place. Any other stand out to you? I mean, obviously some really good teams need are in need of quarterbacks. Anybody else, any surprise, anything you anticipate? Not necessarily anticipate, but I know from a fan's perspective, the off season represents a lot of hope where, you know, you get to retool your team. You know, you look at the deficiencies that they have and you try to build those. And so for me, that's why I love the offseason to try to, particularly when it comes to the Miami Dolphins, hoping that we fill some of those plugs. And, you know, I'll be looking at all of the mock drafts and I'll be looking at the combine and trying to figure out who we should take first and second and what should we do at offensive line and all of those things. And so that's what really gets me excited about the offseason. And the NFL has done a magnificent job from a business perspective of stretching the football season out into a full year where you have free agency and you have the combine and then the draft and all of these things really make the NFL season. The games aren't there, but the season continues. No question about that. And speaking of the offseason and, and getting prepared for the draft, the HBCU Legacy Bowl is taking place this weekend. And a guy from your university, Ezra Gray, is uh, getting a lot of love. Talk a little bit about what that means to have a game like that, an all-star game with players that are from HBCUs. Well, of course, Shaq Harris and Doug Williams are involved with this. They're the co-founders of this event, and it'll be on NFL uh, on the NFL Network. Uh, what are your thoughts about this coming from an HBCU, having this kind of game in the national spotlight? Well, I think that the more that we can highlight the HBCUs and the great football that we play in the SWAC and MEAC, et cetera, just continues to grow the brand. And I think that with having guys like Ezra Gray, who was a phenomenal running back in college, will really spotlight these kids. And it's an extra motivation for these kids to be able to play in front of a national crowd and really grow the swag. And I think it's phenomenal for them. Oftentimes HBCU kids have the talent to play in the senior bowl and all of those things, but they don't get invited. And so they have the opportunity to play postseason football and give yourself an opportunity to impress some NFL coaches. is just awesome. And I wish that opportunity would have been afforded to me. Yeah, and, and despite all of that, you still made it to the NFL, you and Eddie and a number of other guys from that era in the swag. They really got a lot of love back then and, and were found despite not having such a, a nice play, platform. But this is going to be great, and I hope folks really tune in for that. Any thoughts about the NBA? It's All-Star Weekend also. I mean, we collectively have to turn our attention to uh, the NBA. Any thoughts on that? Well, I think there are a lot of storylines. I think that what they did in Philadelphia with the trade, what is that going to do? Milwaukee with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, the big freak. What can he do? And so the NBA, in my mind, doesn't get started to after football season. And for me, at least, and I know fans look at those things differently, but I think with the way that things are going, I mean, you look at the Miami Heat, they're going back from first to second, depending on a given week in the East and who would have thought of, thought that would happen and you know the Lakers struggling and you know didn't make any moves at the trade deadline so going down the stretch I think the NBA is going to be extremely exciting and I can't wait hey man well, we certainly appreciate your time as always and we look forward I, I'm going to have some conversations about swag and some of the stuff going on at your alma mater in, in the future and of course we'll be watching these storylines in the NFL as they uh, transpire over the coming weeks and months Hey, man, certainly great to talk to you during football season, and I'm ready to get into the NBA conversation.
Hey, looking forward to it, man. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. For past episodes or more content, go to wadeswordproductions.com. want to thank Reggie as always. We're going to take a time out. Come back on the other side. We're going to bring in uh, Biscuit. We're going to talk to Biscuit a little bit, get some entertainment stuff. See, now that the we don't have to focus on the intensity of a football season and there's no basketball for another week, we have a chance to venture out. So we still have uh, our Lamont Award coming up at the end of the program, but we also have Biscuit coming up, our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, and Dr. Carla Wyatt. That and more on this Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance, and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages six weeks to five years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. Welcome back, and with that, I am going to turn to a conversation that I had with our very own, my brother, my baby brother, Jordan Wade, Biscuit. You know Biscuit from KTSU Sports Talk and, and of course, Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And then, you know, he was he was an integral part of getting this thing started. He was there from day one. He was on board. He was the co-host. He, he's done a lot for the show. And then he decided he was going to spend more time with his kids. <laughs> What's wrong with that dude? So he's doing soccer practice and and Bible study and all the stuff that he's doing. And he doesn't have a whole lot of time for the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. But he he relented because, I again, I can be very demanding. He relented and <laughs> decided that, yes, he would come and do a segment. Uh, and not necessarily about sports. He watches as much sports as he can, and he still has comments about that. Uh, but we got him in on a segment that we used to run on KTSU Sports Talk many years ago, named after the guy who came after me when we did uh, Sports Talk with Devin Wade on KTSU. And he did Latin Jazz, my man Juan Flores. And so we named a segment after him because he was not too happy because frequently we were late getting to him. We were late gets hit. He was late starting his show because we were babbling about some actor from the seventies that nobody, or well, people remembered. And if they didn't, we had a chance to jog their memories. And we're going to do a little bit of that here. What you want here is the first part of the conversation about the Super Bowl halftime show which apparently he generally liked, but it certainly didn't sound like it. And he certainly has something to say about Mary J. Blige's wardrobe. We tabled that. We're going to put that behind the paywall. So when you guys want the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast extras, it'll be included in that. But I was not in the mood to get a bunch of angry emails about what Biscuit said. (laughs) Although I don't know that he cares. But nonetheless, here is part of our conversation with Biscuit for the Juan Flores Entertainment Moment. It's the Juan Flores Entertainment Moment. Million to one. All entertainment, believe me, that's entertainment. We cannot have a Juan Flores entertainment moment without Biscuit. So Biscuit is back. How are you this afternoon? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very good. How are you? Good. A lot, even though neither one of us are real experts, of course, the Juan Flores entertainment moment was really all about paying tribute to great thespians of African-American television shows of primarily the 70s. <laughs> Again, I don't know that we ever clearly define that. Well, not just television shows, but some cinema as well. Some cinema as well. Uh, yeah. So we'll get to that in just a moment. But that brings me to the question, what was the best of all halftime shows in the Super Bowl? What's the best Super Bowl halftime show? Uh, it's either Prince or Michael Jackson. And if anybody else wants to argue, they're out of their mind. 
I thought also who was good was Beyonce. And again, I'm not the, I mean, I love that Beyonce is from Houston. I'm not the number one Beyonce fan, but she's the ultimate performer. And she put together something different from, and see, that that's what you talk about when you talk about rappers. Rappers don't have the room to really change the lyrics a lot. You pretty much have to rap it the way you rapped it. Or, you know, I mean, you, I guess you could well, I mean, remix you it. but you get creative and think there's things you can do. And I like, I, I like when Beyonce did it with Bruno Mars. That was cool. I like Bruno Mars is, is a fun show, fun guy, whatever. So I, I like that one as well. Yeah. So generally, like I said, I, I generally really don't care. But you have to ask. <laughs> right, right, right. Any commercials stand out to you? I mean, did you get into the commercial thing this year? Not really. I'm trying to think. There was one that was kind of cool, but I can't. I can't remember. The so one that I like. There were two. I like the Arnold Schwarzenegger one, and I like that where he was Zeus or whatever. Yeah, that was lame. I, I, I like that one. <laughs> you know, I like that one, and and then I liked uh, Larry David's the crypto thing. Oh, okay, which yeah. again, you get a sense that he wasn't lying that he ain't for cryptocurrency. I, I right. bet you he got his money in cash. <laughs> I bet that. So yeah, when sure. we last left the Juan Flores Entertainment moment, we talked about a character from one of my favorite movies of all times, and that's Let's Do It Again, right? Mm-hmm. So, and you talked about your favorite character being J.J. Jimmy Walker's uh, trainer. Mm-hmm. And the character's name was Ellison, okay. but the actor's name was Mel Stewart. And Mel Stewart had a tremendous career. So let me okay. run down some of the things that he's done. Do you remember a little show called Scarecrow and Mrs. King? No, I have no <laughs> idea. I've never heard of that. He did 89 episodes of that. So that was from 1983 to 1987. So okay. he, he's, he's done that. He's been on the love boat a couple times. Uh, he was in, let's see. You know what he was in? And I didn't, I, I got to verify this somehow. It's not as in his IMDB. But mm-hmm. he was in The Hustler. He was the pool room attendant in The Hustler with uh, Paul Newman. Okay. Yeah. One, okay. A great, great movie, by the way. Right. Um, also, he was on Benson. He was on Roots, The Next Generation. Okay. He was in the TV series Tabitha, which was a spinoff of what show? Do you know this? I have no idea. Bewitched. Carrie, I don't know. No, Bewitched. <laughs> Uh, So Tabitha was the little girl. He was in Sanford and Son. What's happening? Um, You know, he played Spike Gibbs. Oh, man. Now that I see this, because I'm doing this in real time. I'm looking at this. Mm -hmm. So you didn't do any research before. (laughs) No, I didn't do any research. Yeah, didn't do any research. We're doing it. I mean, but again, it's off the top of the dome. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) he plays Spike Gibbs, and he died in the episode. I probably at the time cried. I don't okay. know. If not, you know. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. He was on a TV movie called Salt and Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. That was 19. But that was pre-Salt and Pepper. <laughs> so that was Salt and Pepe. Okay. He played Jeremiah Salt. <laughs> now I got to go back on YouTube and find these movies. You do. 1975. <laughs> Salt and Pepe. Wow. <laughs> Harry O. He was in. He was in Good Times. Uh, I don't remember him in Good Times. He, he was in a lot of stuff, man. Mm-hmm. He had a long, uh, illustrious career, uh, and he died in 2002. But okay. yeah, so to his people, because we never know who <laughs> who's listening, but to his people, hey, salute to our guy, Mel Stewart. Uh, he was in this movie, and you will have to go and see this movie one time, one day. Find I'm it. sure I will. I'm sure I will. You won't, but it's actually a really, really good movie called Nothing But a Man from 1964. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling you, man, that's a good one. So anything right. else on the entertainment horizon? Since I'm going to the um, most unplugged person in America for <laughs> entertainment commentary. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm all right. I don't know anything else going on. Now, any, any sports takes? Did you, how'd you do on the Super Bowl prediction? I did pretty good. I mean, it was a little less. I thought, well, me and you talked about it. I mean, if, if Odell's in the game, I think it's a, it's a higher scoring game for the Rams. I didn't see how. The Bengals were going to be able to to keep up with them scoring wise. Just 
I didn't think they were going to be able to match them point for point. And, you know, just losing the game on, on fourth and one and you get sacked, that's just, you know, that's you can't lose a game like that. I mean, everybody's talking about Joe Cool and Joe Burrow and all this, but fourth and one, bro, and you get sacked like that. You just can't do that. Like, you get stuffed on third and one, and then on fourth and one, you get sacked. Like, I, I just, I, I just, you can't end the game. Like, you can't end the Super Bowl like that. And, you're supposed to be this stud quarterback. Well, I mean, a lot of that has been put on him. And, and again, I, I just didn't think that that offensive line was going to be able to protect him anyway. I think they d- did a lot to not give him a chance to succeed by not running, mixing, and getting mixing more involved in the second half. I think got away from that. And, and that sort of coincided with, you know, a two or three series stretch where the Rams sacked uh, Burrow, what, seven times? Or, or seven yeah. times total. Yeah, but, they start overloading and, and the Bengals didn't have an answer for it. Right. So they made an adjustment. So all in all, I mean, not a very likable team are the Los Angeles Rams, but they got it done. I, I think it would have been really much more obnoxious had uh, <laughs> had Joe Burrow won. We would have been it would have been Joe Cool overload. Okay. Well, I think at least more people would have showed up to the parade than showed up in L.A. More <laughs> people got to go to work. <laughs> Traffic on the what the four hundred five or whatever they call. It. They always talk about the their, their right. freeways. And just to put a bow on this segment, as we made history with our tribute to Mel Stewart. Uh, his birthday, oh, no, his death date. The anniversary of his death day is a week from <laughs> week from today. Nice. I nice. didn't mean to do that. I'm, not, I didn't mean not to depressing do. at all. Like, no, I okay. I, I I thought this was okay. I thought it was his birthday, but no, they you know he passed away unfortunately yes. in 2002. I know it's too soon, but you know, mm-hmm. tribute to Mel Stewart. So he's our honoree in the Juan Flores Entertainment moment. We'll talk to you soon. All right, take it easy. For past episodes or more content, go to wadeswordproductions.com. Thank you, Biscuit. Certainly appreciate you coming aboard. And he won't be here every episode, but we'll work him in from time to time with some entertainment comments and try to coax something out of him. Uh, you know he wants to come back out of retirement. You know he wants to. He's like Tom Brady. You know he's, he's hedging. He wants to get back on, but he just... Not allowed to do so just yet. For the record, I did enjoy the Super Bowl halftime. I think his issues, aside from what Mary J. Blige had on, which I don't, that didn't bother me one way or the other. I did catch the joke on Twitter where they said the 50 cent looked like about 80 cent. <laughs> so he looks well. At first, I thought it was, I really initially, I thought maybe, you know, this was this a gag? You know, because he is swole up. I mean, not in a bad way. Once he stood upright, he was just buff. I guess he's been lifting a little soft. I mean, living a Hollywood millionaire life, you can't expect everybody to be like The Rock, spend eight hours a day in the gym. But, yeah, so that that was cool. I liked it. I think that his issue, and, and I guess to some extent, there's not a lot of variety in what they can do as rappers slash performers. They can't do a, you know, sort of, I mean, I guess they could if they got really creative, but singers can do these runs and they can mix it up and change it up. And, and you know, rappers generally are not the best entertainers if you really want to get down to it. I mean, not since Big Daddy Kane. <laughs> and, and so Father MC, those guys, Diddy, you know, you don't get a lot of performance with it. You get the, the lyrics. You don't, West Coast, we don't dance, we boogie. You don't, They don't move a whole lot. So you're not going to get the kind of show that you get with other entertainers because they know they have to dance and move and choreography. And, I, I mean, I, they had some of that, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Beyonce. Certainly wasn't Prince. Prince was the best. I, I just Prince. And I have to go back and try to look at Michael Jackson. And I remember Diana Ross did one. Because, again, generally, I, I haven't really cared. Also, you can give me your thoughts on the Super Bowl commercials. Any of those stood out to you? I mean, I guess if you want to come in on that, you certainly can. Again, just trying to deal with the grief of the ending of a football season. So we're throwing a lot of stuff at you. With that, going to take a brief time out, come back on the other side. Going to get serious for a little bit. Going to talk to a candidate for Harris County Treasurer and a young lady I grew up with six or seven doors down. She was 
I'm part of the the group, and I can name them all on Dippy Street. And she's running for a very important office, and I wanted to get the word out about her. And our conversation with her is coming up next, following a word from Cobank Homes and our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy on the Mix. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anyway, you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and Cobank Homes. The vision at Cobank Homes is simple. And it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832 757 7950. That's 832-757-7950. Cobank Homes through Keller Williams. The man does his thing. A little Marvin Gaye flavor there. Um, you can check him out on SoundCloud, on Instagram, DJ Anarchy. He's also all around Houston doing things in a big way, so you definitely want to check him out. And if you have music you want heard on the podcast, just email us. Music at wadeswordproductions.com. That's music at wadeswordproductions.com. The genre doesn't matter. And we'll play a snippet at the halfway point and an entire track on an extended portion of a mix at the end of the program. So definitely if you have somebody you know that wants their music exposed to the thousands of people who check us out, please do so. Music at WaysWordProductions.com. Now coming up is a conversation with a young lady who grew up with me. And you have to understand, like, okay, I can tell you, let me, how many houses was there? She was about five, let's see, five or six houses. Next to me was Miss Ruthie, then uh, Savar and all of them, and then Miss Gerald, and then Latanya, and Mr. Otis, then Jennifer, then Carla. That's how many houses. I mean, you have to count that. And so we were close-knit. And you talk about the kids on our street, which, again, you know, we also play with kids on other streets. But it was me and Marcus and Michael and Stacy, and at one time it was Stanley and Tiger and Omar, Carla, Chucky, Candice, Erica, Michelle. That was the whole crew. And every day, little man, little junior, big junior, and Chad. <laughs> you know, yeah, those are all of the kids and I'm sure Yolanda. So, so many of us, uh, you know, they, they were there all the time. And, and of course, back in the day, you just didn't have helicopter parents. Hey, we went in the streets <laughs> outside, you know, with cool cups and slushes and all of that stuff. Well, she grew up down the street from me, but she has uh, really worked hard and really has done some amazing things with her career, and she wants to serve the public as Harris County Treasurer. And we had an opportunity to uh, converse with her because, again, from time to time, we don't just talk sports. I'm a renaissance guy. I can talk music. I can talk politics. I can talk sociology. I can talk a lot of things. But this time we're talking some politics with Dr. Carla Wyatt. Here's that conversation.
as promised, we are going to leave the playing fields and courts to talk uh, a little politics. And the reason why is because this lady, Dr. Carla Wyatt, grew up about four, five, six houses down from me. I don't know how many, what is it, six houses down from me on Dippy in South Park, Texas. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing fantastic, Devin. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on your show. Well, we grew up together. We literally grew up together, and you have gone on to do great things. Of course, a number of us on Dippy have gone on to do some good things, and you are trying to expand your resume. You are running for Harris County Treasurer? I am. I am running for Harris County Treasurer. My name is Dr. Carla L. Wyatt. And I am running for Harris County Treasurer. I've been at Harris County for the last 20 years, and I've had the privilege of working for the constituents of Harris County. And I believe it's time to take it to the next level. So when I found out that you were running for Harris County Treasurer, I wanted to understand what does the treasurer do for Harris County? Well, the treasurer is responsible for all of the money that goes in and out of Harris County with regard to our budget, with regard to payroll, with regard to contracts. Anything that comes in or out of Harris County, your taxpayer dollars with regard to your getting your vehicle inspected, you paying your taxes and those types of things. Everything that goes in and out of Harris County, the Harris County Treasurer is responsible for that. So with your extensive experience, what made you circle that position as one that you wanted to run for? I'm glad you asked that question because with the experiences that I've had working at Harris County, I've had the privilege of working for and with the over 90 departments at Harris County. Therefore, I know what those departments do. In addition to the fact, I know the responsibility that they have to the constituents. And me being the Harris County Treasurer, I can enhance their experience by bringing technology and information to their experiences that they share with the constituents of Harris County. So I'm looking forward to not only making decisions for the constituents, that makes sense, but using information and technology to make those decisions, not based upon how I felt when I woke up this morning, but based upon information so that they can have a bird's eye view of where their money is being spent. So how much influence can a uh, an effective treasurer have on the county? How much can it, that position sort of save or streamline itself? How can you influence Harris County? Well, the treasurer has an extreme amount of influence if they choose to do so. The treasurer works not only with Harris County Commissioner's Court, but also the different departments. And working with Commissioner's Court and painting a picture of where your money is going can allow constituents the ability to say, hey, well, we're not interested in our money being spent on this. We'd like for you to do more work in this area. And so when you paint that picture and you give individuals the option of understanding where their money is going, then that gives them the strength of their voting power. Some people may not like painting the picture so that individuals can can have that power. But I think that you as a taxpayer should have that, that power. So you have a primary coming up. And of course, it's a blue county. And I mean, you're in the greater Houston area. So the primary is of the utmost importance to you because it seems like you would have a leg up in the fall for the general election. Talk a little bit about the primary that's coming up, which we can already early vote in. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, right now, early voting is going on until February the 25th. We say that, you know, Harris County is a blue county. I absolutely agree with that. However, I do not plan to take anything for granted. I am going to work just as hard as if I were in a purple county, which is me red and blue. It doesn't matter to me that this is a blue county. I'm still going to give my all because that's what the people of Harris County deserve. On March 1st, we, we need everybody to come out and vote. We're having a lot of issues with individuals people who are doing their mail-in ballots, some of those mail-in ballots are being thrown out for little small things. And so when you do your mail-in ballot, you need to make sure that you have the right information. How did you register? Did you register with your driver's license number? Did you register with your social security number? Those are little things that are causing some of our mail-in ballots to be thrown out. So I encourage you to do mail-in voting, but I also encourage you to do early voting. I encourage you to do voting on election day. 
bring somebody with you to the polls. Sit down with some individuals who may not be as savvy as you are with regard to voting. Maybe your aunts and your uncles and some of your uh, older cousins and friends and neighbors. Sit down with them, print out a ballot, go over the ballot, do some research on the individuals that you're voting for so that you can be knowledgeable when you walk into that, that booth because your vote is your voice. If you don't use your vote, you lose your voice. And I'm a little bit hoarse right now, not because I have COVID, but because I've been talking a whole lot. So your vote is your voice. And I want you to use your voice as much as possible and to help your neighbors and your friends and your cousins and anybody else that might need some help. It's your responsibility. It is your civic responsibility, not only to vote, but also to help those who may not be as savvy as you You are. There are people who got hung, bled, and died for the right to vote. And I'm hoping that individuals will come out and come out in droves because we need them to come out and vote. So you talk about being hoarse from speaking a lot. I mean, you have a an extensive schedule. I mean, how much have you been campaigning? I know you're at all sorts of events. Talk about that process. Well, I am campaigning from Clear Lake to Kingwood to Humble to Conroe to Huffman, Baytown, Tomball, because my election is a countywide election. There are no boundaries. So therefore, it, it is incumbent upon me to touch as many people that I, as I can to let them know that just because I don't live in your neighborhood does not mean that you're not important to me, which is why I've been traveling all around the county. And I just think that it is imperative and incumbent upon me to let the constituents, no matter what color you are, no matter what your income is, no matter what your creed, your religion is, you are important to me. I want to represent you. And the only way that I can represent you is I come out and get to know you. And the only way that you can tell me how you feel and what you think is for you to have had an opportunity to meet me. And so my schedule, I'm driving 176 miles on a Saturday. I'm going to four and five churches on, on a Sunday. I'm going to rodeo cookoffs, bar mitzvahs, quinceañeras, whatever it is, wherever there are people that will listen to me talk, I'm going to those places and letting them know just how important they are to me. Because Carla like the hurricane, wild like earth, I do not discriminate. I am for the people, with the people, and about the people. Harris County has invested in me, and I am investing in Harris County. It's time for me to cash in my chips. Yeah, I mean, I know where you grew up and how you grew up because we grew up together. Talk a little bit about how how South Park and Dippy Street influenced you and is going to help you be a good leader for this uh, this county. Harris County, I said, is a, is a big county. But growing up in South Park, Texas at 16 and MLK, you know, it was an interesting thing because we were a family. We looked out for each other. If you did something wrong, the next door neighbor's mama was going to tell you, uh-uh, don't do that. You know, and so growing up in South Park, we learned a lot. We learned how to give. We learned how to work together. And, and that's a part of running for office because being a public servant starts at home. And we started being public servants when we were children. And so being a public servant doesn't start when you win an election. It starts before. And so that's doing food drives and giveaways and, and clothing drives and helping the homeless. It has nothing to do with you being an elected official. It has everything to, to do with you being a good person. And growing up at 5209 Dippy, right there at Burger Park, the original Chimney Chance, those swingers and bangers, those boys out there, if you ain't poking, you're joking. I am South Park, Texas. I am Harris County, and I'm proud to be that. And so it has molded me into the person that I am, and I plan not only to give to my community, but all of the communities that are represented in Harris County. Yeah, so we grew up on Dippy, so we had little rivalries with, rivalries with Tobrook and other streets in South Park. And I'm telling you, if we get you in office, I think we've won that that competition, although there are folks from all over that have done great. I think that, that those Burger Park slushes and french fries gave us an advantage over everybody else. What do you think? I, I think so. I, you know, it it, 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 it it taught us how to save our lunch money. You save your lunch money so you can get some French fries. You save your lunch money so you can get a rainbow slush. You know, not just the plane when you had to get the rainbow. And so you save your money for that. And it, it taught us how to be good stewards of what we had. We didn't have a lot, but it taught us to be good stewards of what we did have. And wrapping up, how can folks find you on the ballot? Remind them uh, the dates for voting. Again, tell them your name over and over again so they can remember when they go to the polls. Well, you can find me on the ballot. It's a very long ballot. So you're going to have to go through the entire ballot. They've already said that people of color are not going to go through the whole ballot. We need to prove them wrong. You need to go down the whole ballot. 
and go for somebody in each one of those races. I'm number one in my race. Carla like the hurricane, wide like earth. You can find me on social media, Carla Wyatt for Harris County Treasurer. You can find me at Carla Wyatt for Harris County for Treasurer.com. And so this is where we are. Go vote. Go vote. Please go vote. It is your civic duty. It is your responsibility. Again, Carla like the hurricane, wide like earth, coming to you March 2020, March 1st, 2022. Early voting ends on February the 25th. The election is March 1st. Go get your toes done on the last day of February because I don't want you talking about I need to go get my lashes done. I need to go get my toes done. I can't go on March 1st. Go get that out the way ahead of time and come on out to the polls on March 1st. And let's prove people wrong that we are here. We have a voice. Our voice is strong. We demand to be heard. Your vote is your voice. I'm Dr. Carla L. Wyatt running for Harris County Treasurer, March 1st, 2022. Carla like the hurricane, wide like earth. Well, after you win the primary, and we're going to keep our fingers crossed and work hard to get that done, uh, then, uh, of course, we'll talk to you again before the general election. So good luck. You have my 100% endorsement. Like I said, I know you, your family. I mean, it, you know, hey, it's a family thing for us. So uh, go out there and get them and, and keep making it happen. Yes, sir. And, again, I truly appreciate you allowing me to be on the podcast uh, I know you primarily talk about sports. And I, let me tell you something. Running for office ain't for the weak or the faint of heart. <laughs> it is a blood sport. And so, you know, I'm in here. I'm trying to do this thing. I need your I need your vote. I need your prayers. I need your support. Carla like the hurricane wide like earth. All right. Well, well, good luck, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. To have your comments heard, call 832-941-941. I want to thank Dr. Carla Wyatt for joining us, talking about not only her candidacy, but in addition to that, democracy and getting out to vote. So we certainly appreciate that. Uh, Like I said, we grew up, every now and then she would give me a ride to Lamar. She would give me a ride sometimes. She was a, a year ahead of me. But also, I got in trouble. I don't know if she knows this, or maybe she does remember this. When I was little, I called her a name, and my mom heard, and my mom washed my mouth out with soap and made me apologize. Now, I don't know if she remembers that. <laughs> if she wins the primary, we'll talk about that before the general election. So keep an eye out for her as uh, you go about your business of voting in the primaries. It's an open primary here in Texas, so you can vote in either primary, either the Republican or Democratic primary. Obviously, she's running in the Democratic primary, so there's that. Um, Coming up, the Lamont Award, but I do want to put a bow on a couple of things. You know, uh, going back to Valley Ava, I don't know that I finish that story but essentially she just bombed out she collapsed under the pressure in the long form of the skating program she finished out of the medals and everybody's talking about how heartbreaking it is to see a kid that young have to endure that when you know that she's 15 she didn't give herself heart medication somebody administered that to her uh, instructed her to take it and so i don't think she's at fault for taking it. i think she was forced to take it uh, and it's really sad because they said she's one of the best to ever do it she just shouldn't have been in that situation she never should have been allowed and that's a, a lot of adults failing this young lady also Shakiri richards came out the track star who was banned from the olympics for smoking marijuana and said oh i don't i don't see the difference except the color of my skin no the difference is she dealt with the international olympic committee you dealt with usa track you could have run in the relay had usa track allowed you to do so and you knew what you were doing. <laughs> you smoked the weed on your own. Nobody forced you to smoke that blunt. That was all you. Now, you can argue whether or not weed is a performance enhancer or should be on that list, but it was on the list at the time she smoked weed, and she knew that. So I think she needs to just keep her head down, keep running, and when you know she's back on the, the podium, then she can talk that talk. Otherwise, you know, you're talking about very nuanced, complicated situations and you're trying to boil them down to just black and white. And that's not it. And that's really allowing you to take yourself off the hook. And that's not cool. You know, again, injustice exists. There's a lot of things going on wrong that has to do with race in America. That ain't it. So uh, with that being said, uh, let's lighten up because it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. 
The Lamont Award goes to the player team entity, someone in or around the world of sports we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. Well, you know by now, last week's Super Bowl was played between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Now, one team that was as far away from the Super Bowl or being in Super Bowl contention as any other team, the Houston Texans, they did have influence on this game. In the way of one Vernon Hargraves III, the former Houston Texan was on the roster for the Cincinnati Bengals on Super Bowl Sunday. Now, he was not active because he was injured, so he wasn't even dressed out for the Super Bowl. But that didn't stop your boy because he got his shine on and he cost his team. Vernon Hargraves, of course, by now you know if you watched the Super Bowl because hundreds of millions of people around the world did. He ran onto the field after his teammate Bates uh, got an interception and he went on to celebrate with the defense. And the one problem with that is he was in street clothes and he was not allowed to run onto the field. So not only did it cost his team 15 yards, a 15-yard penalty, which essentially ended up being half the distance to the goal, and that drive stalled out just before the end of the first half. Not only that, but he also got fined $5,555 for his efforts. How you going to get fined? and penalized on your off day. You weren't even in street clothes. Bro, this is not your alma mater. This is not your school. This is the NFL. Millions and millions and millions of people watching. That's no time to get your shine on. And because you did that, you are a big dummy. You big dummy. believe that this guy did that i mean you gotta have your head on straight man you gotta be locked in i know you're happy wait they're all coming to the bench they just got the interception they're coming to you you don't have to go to them but maybe he just wanted some of that shine too but nonetheless unfortunate turn of events for that fella i mean i'm sure he just got caught up in the moment but that was very lamonish and you are a big dummy for that with that before i let go before i let go before I let go, hey, want to thank Dr. Carla Wyatt, want to thank Biscuit, want to thank Reggie Brown, want to thank DJ Anarchy, of course, want to thank our sponsors, want to thank you guys. Thank you for all the love and all the support. We certainly appreciate it. Want to remind you to go to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group on Facebook. Also, give us a call on the sports line at 832-941-6614. Follow me on Twitter at Wade's Word. And if you can't remember anything else, please. Please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.